This journey through Philippians is actually going to take us through into the autumn. And you're thinking, hang on, there's only four chapters in Philippians. Yep. Remember, um, what was his name? Martin Lloyd-Jones preached on Romans for, was it, for five years at uh, Westminster Chapel back in the 50s, in the evenings. We're going to do a... You know, often we do thematic stuff, often we do quite big chunks of scripture. This time we're going to go through and actually, right, let's, let's have a proper dig into this. Paul starts here the way he starts all his letters. Actually, he's using the conventions of the time. And the convention of any letter at the time, if you read any letter from this period of time in history and from the Roman Empire, the letter basically starts... Hello, it's me. Oh, and you're you. Greetings. Which is essentially what we've got here. Well, actually, Wendy's doing the greetings next week. But so he, it reads like a letter. It's a proper letter. That's why we call them epistles. So this is from Paul and Timothy. And it's to all God's holy people. This is the convention for letter writing. This is, dear sir... Or madam, or whomsoever, to, to whom it may concern. But Paul knows who's, who it's for. And you could just dismiss it as the bit on the beginning. But Paul is actually cleverer than that. Every time he writes a letter, it is beautifully crafted. He thinks about the words. Often, the words have been dictated. So I can imagine, because Paul's eyesight was going as he got older, so he had an amanuensis, he had somebody to write it down for him. And um, I can imagine Paul pacing up and down going, blah, 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 blah. no, no, hang on, hang on, strike that bit, let's try that again, let's try it this way round. I can imagine him shaping it. So even in these opening statements, he's making a point. No word is worthless in Paul's letters. There's no filler. Okay. It's interesting. You read the Gospels and you can read one story written by Matthew or Luke and there's loads and loads of detail because that's the way they write. And then you read Mark and there's no detail at all because that's the way he writes. You know, Matthew and Luke would, would probably write for the Guardian or the Telegraph and Mark would definitely be writing for the Sun. Because it, it's bang, bang, bang. Sometimes so excited he forgets the verbs. Yeah, a bit like the sun then. Um, do, do you know what I mean? It's just... Paul is an educated Pharisee who's deep in the word. He knows his Old Testament. And he knows when he says something, if he's writing to people who are Jewish, it's going to resonate. Because he knows they know what he's saying behind the words. The problem we've got is we haven't got the foggiest idea because we miss those references. So I want to just talk about four words this morning. And we're going to do them backwards, of course, and start with these two words, overseers and deacons. This is who Paul's writing to. Now, Paul and Timothy are 
the rock and roll stars of, their, of the Christian church back then. What's the equivalent? You know, 30 years ago, it would be, oh, we've got a new book from John Wimber. You know, if we've got a new book from John Wimber now, I'd be worried. But who's the equivalent now? Bill Johnson? Who else do you want to add to that list? Talk to me. J. John? Oh. Who else do we read? I'm assuming we do read, do we? Or listen to podcasts from, or whatever. The new stuff from New Wine, or the stuff from Soul Survivor, or whatever it is. Soul Survivor stopped, didn't it? Limitless, the guys up there, and all that stuff. These are the stars. These Paul and Timothy are the main, they're the main guys. You know? If a king was being crowned, Paul would be the one asked to do it. You know, he's, he's the boss. He's in charge. He's the one with an amazing testimony on the road to Damascus. He's the one that's gone from a persecutor of God's people to the main theologian and teacher of God's people. Wow. That's a big change. That's a big change. All credibility to the guy that went to pray, pray for him to be healed from his blindness. Read the story in Acts. You've got to go and pray for the, most, the person who most hates Christians and persecutes them the hardest. Now go pray for them. Mm, yes. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And now he's traveling. And even Peter goes... That Paul can be confusing sometimes, can't he? You know, this guy is intelligent. And he's travelling with Timothy. Now let's do the words in the right order. So if Paul is the big star, if Paul is the, the big book writer, podcast man, the rock and roll star of, you know, how does he describe himself? It's behind, don't look at me, it's behind me. He describes himself as a servant. It's an awful translation. It's an awful translation. The Greek word there is doulos. D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. Which actually means slave. It's not a servant, it's a slave. But it's a bond slave. It's someone for some reason, who a debt has been paid on their behalf, something has happened and they have bound themselves to their master. They can never leave them. Even if the master sets them free, they're still going to serve their master because they're bound. Sound familiar? Do you get the imagery? We've been set free. But not free for random licentiousness. Not free to do whatever we want. Not free to copy the world. Not free, but free to choose to be servants. And if you choose, you know, a servant who has not chosen to be a servant is grumpy and resentful. This is why, you know, when we ask for volunteers for things, I, Please don't do it if you don't want to, if you don't feel it's right to do. Because 
I'd rather not have you there if you're grumpy and resentful, because it doesn't help, you know? But if you choose, then you do it with an element of joy and an element of, yeah, I've chosen to do this. I want to do this. I want to engage. And Paul, okay, he's been blatted by Jesus and he's, you know, been turned blind and all the rest of it, but Paul still has a choice. Saul still had a choice. Yeah? He needn't have received the prayer for healing. He needn't have... He needn't have spent years in Petra and then with the church in Antioch. He needn't have trained. He needn't have gone on his missionary journeys. He needn't. He had the choice every step of the way. But he calls himself a doulos. He has every right to have high status. He has every right to be the big, I won't say the big I am. That's, that's wrong. Isn't it? Be the big cheese. There you go. That'll do. Be the big because the big I am is God. Because He is. I am who I am. But He has every right in worldly terms. But He describes Himself as a servant and a servant of. Talk to me, of Christ Jesus. So immediately He's putting the context of everything He's going to write into the spiritual realm. I am a servant of the Messiah, Jesus. I am the servant of the one who wrote, and already he's the servant of the one who was raised from the dead. He's the servant of the one who baptizes in the spirit. He's just, the Philippians are going, blum, 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 blum. He's a servant. We've got a letter from Paul and he's calling himself a servant. I can imagine some people going, is it the same Paul? Is it the same Paul than, as, as Mr. Paul, as the Reverend Paul, who should, who's the great man? Because he's calling himself nothing. He's calling himself... Paul's calling himself nothing, a servant, and a servant of Jesus Christ, who also emptied himself and called himself nothing to be obedient to his Father. So what's Paul doing? He's imitating Jesus. Which is why Paul, in another place, can say, imitate me, as I imitate Jesus. You know? Most church leaders go, try not to imitate me, do what I say, don't do what I do, because I'm not perfect. And I go, but Paul has found, Paul's not perfect, but he's found the way to be able to say, yes, actually, look, in this, imitate me. Imitate me. He and Timothy are doulos, are bond servants. His status is defined not by his adulation, not by his position in the church, but by his relationship to Jesus. And of course, he's going to go on here and he does say in, in other places, you know, all of us have been raised with Christ. Not only have we been humbled with Christ, but we've been raised with Christ. So we need to get over our false humility to be able to walk humbly. But we need also to get rid of that status thing. Yeah. And then he says, to all God's holy people. To all God's holy people. And again, in Christ. He's, he's still got the context right in the spiritual realm. I don't know why I'm looking at my notes. It just says, do loss, expand. 
And now it says the word for God's holy people, expand. <laughs> Does anybody know the word for God's holy people? In English or Greek, I don't mind. I'm nay bothered. What does it say in other translations? It doesn't say God's holy people in the life. It says the saints, to the saints. It says to the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. So it's just to the special keenies who are super spiritual in Philippi. That's right, isn't it? That's what a saint is, isn't it? You've got to be canonized and all that malarkey. Comes for some of you, this is old stuff. What is a saint? We are. I'll do. Close enough, Gene. No, that's, that's, the best. that's probably the best definition. Who's a saint? I am. So if you're asked, John, if you're asked who your favourite saint is, your answer is? Me. <laughs> what was I expecting? K. <laughs> if you guys want to talk about anything else, that's absolutely fine. Who's your favourite saint? My spouse, or your child, or whoever, whoever it is. So oh, most of the time, there you go. Anybody know the word? What's the study of saints called? Do you know? Anybody know that? Hagiography. So the Greek word is hagios. The Greek word is hagios, which means saint. So we are we are the hagios in Christ Jesus. And hagios is an amazing word. The word hagios means those who've been chosen. So who's a saint? I am. Why? God chose me. And it means separated, set apart, holy in that sense. You have been set apart, those set apart in Philippi, in Christ Jesus. And that's the point, isn't it? If you're born again, you're set apart. And that's what the, the reaffirmation of baptism of vows is all about, is standing up and going, yeah, 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 oh, I own this. I've been owning it for a long time, but I'm going, lying in the sand, I'm set apart, I'm different, I'm going to run my business differently, I'm going to act differently at work, I'm going to be the light of the world where I live. So I'm set apart, I'm holy, and it also has the sense of being exalted, of lifted up in Christ Jesus, because... Paul's writing post-resurrection. So you've got Paul calling himself a bond slave and then calling them exalted, chosen, set-apart saints in Philippi. Paul is immediately exalting them and putting them on a higher place than he is yeah status in the kingdom is upside down any of you've seen motors or whatever this the title for today is deconstructing status you know we have a lot of stuff around status and we quite like our status we quite like our titles we quite like having i'm not saying you personally we quite like having the bigger house or we quite like the HP6 postcode if we've got it. It says something. It, you know, but it's all worldly stuff, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's uh, and or you know, old vicar. No, I'm sorry, I'm not the vicar. What am I? I'm the rector. Oops. <laughs> Status. I mean, most people don't understand, do they, really? But rector sounds so much better than vicar, vicar doesn't it? Well, not as good as Victor, true. Let's have to, I'll tell you what, we'll have both. <laughs> we'll have both. But why? You know, when I go into school, what, what do you want the kids to call you? Well, I start normally with anything as long as it's not rude. <laughs> Closely followed by Laurie. Or oh, don't you want to be called father or vicar or no well, I do not want to be named as the father of all these children <laughs> but why why do we want it but I've got colleagues that are desperate to be called father or to be called reverend whoever no no sorry and, but we've all got it there somewhere if you look we've all got it there somewhere The first time I, first time I met a person under sixteen who was calling their parents by their first name, in me I went, that doesn't work. But it worked for that family, so why did I have a problem with it? Well, it doesn't show reverence. It doesn't show deference. And uh, yeah, if it works, it works. Does it matter? It doesn't actually, does it? Though we should honour our mother and our father and all that stuff. Where, where are we in that place where we, we want status and we're not willing to be doulos? We're not willing to be bond slaves? So that we can exalt each other. That's, that's the, the interplay is quite... Blah, blows your mind slightly because we've got the... We, we need to be doulos. We need to know, recognise we are like Paul. But then to each other, we are hagios. So we raise each other up. You don't take the high place at the banquet. You wait for the host of the banquet to come and to take you to a higher place. That's Jesus again, isn't it? Teaching. So, doulos and hagios. These last two at the end, I just wanted to clear, clear a couple of things up with these really hmm. I've put down here what we're going to do at the end but we've already done half of it so that's fine uh, the word overseer is episkopos it's where we get the word episcopal from it's often translated in other bibles as bishop now the word bishop has come to mean man with strange pointy head and I say man and women now but historically through the whole church Men uh, in that position of authority, and you, and, you, and you go and you bow and you. you know, uh, the original overseers were people like me. I'm the overseer, actually. I oversee a congregation. I look after, I protect, I equip, I, all that stuff. That's what episcopos means. Which is why the bishop at an ordination will say to you, you have the cure of souls along with me. So he's supposed to, so I'm sharing in that episcopal role. And he's supposed to support me, or she is supposed to support me. My experience, yes. Lots of colleagues' experiences, no. 
you always feel the bishop is the enemy sometimes, which is not good. Not true in our context, thank God. But that's what, and de deacons, diakonos, means those who serve. It's people who've been asked to serve. So on one level, we're, we're all episcopos, because we all oversee our family, we all oversee certain areas of life. And on other levels, we're all diakonos, we're all those who serve, because we serve one another. And in fact, this verse comes full circle, because the diakonos is actually a deliberate reference back to being servants and being the bond slave. But some people are set aside to serve. We put the PCC or we employ some people, so they are performing a diaconal ministry. But we all are. If you're a home group leader, if you're involved in youth work, you're performing a diaconal ministry. Calling the deacon now. Is that all right? That's not a bad, not a bad nickname, is it? The deacon. You'll take that one. Good. <laughs> Just wanted to get that clear. You know, it's for all of us, those words. And if you go to another Bible and see bishop, you now know why. Because episcopal, it's the, it's the root of the word. So, what I wanted to leave, you, leave us with this morning is that status thing. We, we did some repentance of our pride and our entitlements earlier, didn't we? What I'm going to suggest we do is just take a moment and say, okay, Lord, I want to walk into the fullness of hagios. I want to know what it really means to be set aside, to be different, to be called, to be exalted in Christ. Careful. Where was Jesus most exalted? On the cross. Huh? So careful what you ask for, because you ask to be exalted, it's going to be cross-shaped. There's going to be sacrifice. Status is something, worldly status is something we should abhor. We should just find. Ugh. Kingdom status is to know what it is to be a bond slave, but to lift each other up as saints. Okay? We're going to go in a time. We're going to worship couple of songs please if you have a word for someone that you think might lift them up please take it to them if you've got a word that's a word then maybe wait and give it to them afterwards i'm not saying don't give it i'm just saying wait but in this context if you've got a word that you think will encourage and lift somebody up then go go give it while we worship okay and we'll use a couple of songs to worship notice i don't say we sing a couple of songs we use a couple of songs to worship and we'll see where that goes. Dulos, bond slave. But this is about walking as hagios, saints set aside and lifted up.